How does a free multi-camera home security system sound to you? I got your attention now. Check out First Guardian Security Services. My friend Jerry Forrest is the regional manager there. He can be reached directly by text or phone call at 769-823-0034. He's going to get you set up with a brand new free multi-camera home security system for new customers only. That's going to include a video doorbell camera, an outside camera, window, door sensors, and a motion sensor. Free installation. There is a one-time activation fee. He'll go over all that with you. You're also going to get a lifetime warranty on the whole system, and you're going to be able to save up to 20% on your homeowner's insurance, depending upon who your homeowner is. Check them out online, myfirstguardian.com, or just call or text Jerry directly, 769-823-0034. That's Jerry Forrest with First Guardian Security Services. Monitoring services provided by Vector Security. Boom goes the dynamite. You tuned in to the Free Range Human Show of Choice. Are y'all back to work yet? Have you lazy son of a guns got up and got back to work yet? Come on, man. I've been a, I, I've been at this a day already. Where y'all at? Today, today's day two. Still wasn't a whole lot of traffic out this morning, but a little bit more. A little bit more. Anyway, it's the Free Range Human Show of Choice, your daily dose of reality radio. It is a Wednesday edition hump day of the Clay Edwards Show here on WYAB 103.9 FM. Sitting across from me, mine and your favorite blue-haired Fondren barista, we have Sean Yurtkaran. Good morning, Sean. Good morning. I'm actually in Fondren now as of yesterday, full, yes. full time. with Not, not ha- my house, uh, my office is in Fondren. Yes. It was on Lakeland Drive, but now I'm in Fondren with the rest of the blue-haired Baristas, I'm not protesting. Um, I'm not Hamas. protesting. Yeah, or protesting for Hamas, but <laughs> but but I'm there. Uh, we'll have Therese Apple, DarkHorsePressNow.com, in the studio with us, starting in segment two uh, uh, ish. So we won't hold her to an exact time, but she will be here with us. Uh, we're going to really, really take a deep dive into the Scott County hate crime. That's what I'm calling it. It's a hate crime. It's a random act of violence. There was no robbery involved. Therefore, it is a hate crime uh, by Clay's definition of a hate crime. Because as I said yesterday, if it was the other way around, you know it would be a hate crime. So if it's a hate crime for one way, it's got to be a hate crime for the other. That's my hill to die on. Sean, what do you think about hate crimes specifically? What do you mean in what context? Like, Okay, so I think they're a scam. Mm-hmm. A sham. You know, like... um evil is evil, crime is crime. Okay. If I go club a guy upside the head with a two-by-four, I deserve to spend just as much time for clubbing the guy in the head with a two-by-four in jail than if I clubbed a gay guy in the head with a two-by-four. Yeah, you mean like in terms of like the enhancement penalties for hate crime? I think that's more in federal court, I believe. There may be state ones. There's state as well. There's state as well. Yeah. I can't remember it. But, um, and I was thinking the context of like, you and I have discussed that case that our office prosecuted back in 2011, Daryl Dedman, who's related to one of the goon squad. Now, that was, you know, there's crimes that are, that was a hate motivated crime, that, that specifically, that crime then. I mean, uh, and, you know, of course, there's different motivations for crimes. We've discussed a million times. I don't know. I don't know. I think this is, you know, I was thinking about. I mean, does this- he deserve to spend more time in jail just because it was hate motivated? Because in my mind, again, if you leave the house, decide you're going to kill somebody, race be damned, it's hate motivated. 
Well, you know, it's funny you bring this up. I was thinking about this the other day for some random reason because I was thinking about that death penalty case I tried years ago. And I was I always kind of like go back and forth about what my position on the death penalty is, even though I've actually put somebody on death row. I still think about this years sure. later. It's just something that's in your mind. And what I think that, you know, the purposes of our laws a lot of times is, is, is deterrence of crime. So I think the question you have to ask yourself is, does the possibility of a, of a hate enhancement or the death penalty deter crime? And I don't know that either one of those things does. I tend to agree with you. I, now, I know growing up, used to, you knew. Mm-hmm. You just knew. It meant if you killed somebody, it kind of meant life in prison. Yeah. You know, like you just like, man, I don't want to spend the rest of my life in prison. Pretty much. Let me pipe down. Yeah. That's I don't right. want this to I don't want this to escalate to that next thing. Now we did plenty of dumb things where people could have got killed, mm-hmm. but it was it would have been more manslaughter than than murder. A deliberate design murder. Right? Yeah, like you punch yeah. somebody in the face, you curb stomp somebody, you know, when you're twenty years old, you don't necessarily understand the potential ramifications sure. of those things. You know, you yep. accidentally punch somebody in the temple and they drop dead. Or, vi- or, you die, or it happened to you. I'm not sitting here saying this from the perspective of, of the uh, of Billy Badass. You know, I'm just saying that these you don't understand the potential ramifications of a bar fight until somebody dies. Yeah, no, I see what you mean. It's almost like a couple of negligence manslaughter sort of yeah. situation or a you know, heat of passion manslaughter, I guess, in that scenario. But yeah, I think I just was thinking about it. I was like, do these things deter crime that we do, like hate crime enhancements? Um, not, not, in, not Jeff, in the Jackson. Jack yeah, I don't think. I mean, I don't think anywhere. Just like, I mean, like yeah. let's say the Goon Squad, and now not everything they did was hate inspired because they were kind of equally attacking white and black people. But did they, were they thinking like, you know, this could be a possible hate crime, so let's let's back off. Like, I don't know that people think that when they're committing a crime. Just like I don't think when somebody robs a liquor store or a gas station, and then they shoot the clerk and they've committed a capital murder, and they think, well, I could get the death penalty for this. Like, I don't think they're, they're thinking that. So I'm, I always wonder. So then, what we're talking about. It's not a deterrence issue. It's a retribution issue is what where we have these penalties. It's retribution. It's not deterrence. I'm amazed at how few people understand what capital murder is. You know, so and my understanding of it, and you, you'll clearly be able to correct me if I'm wrong here, is if somebody dies in the act of another crime being committed. Yeah, in the commission of another felony. You, the killing in the commission of another felony. Yeah, so murder. for instance, this case, this Scott County case we're going to talk about with Therese. Now, it's Devin, they're not going to get a, nobody's going to be charged with a hate crime. It's capital murder, death penalty, all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, he broke it. Well, it's debatable if he broke in the house, but he, he got in the house. He got in the house. Yeah. Somebody said that maybe the dog came outside. I don't want to steal Teresa Sunder here. Okay. Uh, so, but he beat her. Uh, ale- there's ale- allegations of sexual assault. They're waiting on an autopsy to confirm that. Um, that apparently had been reported, and I missed that, but uh, I'd heard it, but I didn't want to put it out there. But since it's now, it's didn't kind of report it. Whatever, I don't feel as bad about mentioning it. Um, allegations of sexual assault. He beat her. He shot her, and then he caught her on fire. Okay. So, but, she, but which led to her death. So let me ask you this: the where would the other felony come in? Is it the? I guess. It, the getting on a property. I think there's there's twelve felonies. I think, and off the top of my head, I don't remember every single one to be honest. But I think house burglary is considered one of them. Robbery. Yeah. Oh, there's something like there could be a robbery in there too. That, that's yeah. Now they have not been able to prove that anything's missing. Okay. But he ends up on her property, and she ends up dead. It's it's clearly it's um premeditated. I mean, the attack at minimum. He took out a couple cameras, some other stuff. 
So yeah, I guess, and all I'm asking here, and we got Therese here now. Uh, all I'm asking is, where they're charging him with capital murder? Mm-hmm. What do you think the other felony offenses? Because would all those lump in together? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could you could you could pick which one you yeah. wanted to go with as as the underlying you know a felony. Which I, I'm thinking that they're using robbery here. I'm guessing that's what it is. But I think house burglary. I just look at that falls in one of the. I think it's twelve felonies that fall under that. I haven't yeah. looked at this in a long time, but um, but I but I'm guessing they're going with robbery. They could be going house burglary if that falls under the statute. I just haven't looked at it. Therese April, yes. welcome to the show. Hello, welcome to the show. Darkhorsepressnow.com. <laughs> hey, we kind of jumped down this rabbit hole a little sooner than I expected because I was asking. We were talking about hate crimes and sure. capital murder and stuff of that nature and. You 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 shouldn't be able to answer this. Um, where is what other crime are they charging Sammy with that would trigger capital murder? Is it is it burglary? They haven't said at this point. Um, they've just said capital murder, or at yeah. least the people that I've spoken to. Oh, I saw said. that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, as Sean was saying, it could have been any of those things. It could have been the assault. It could have been the break in. Assault um, sword. I was looking for there. Yeah. But I didn't know if maybe that got lumped in with um. With uh, with them, uh, you know, obviously she got murdered, so there was an assault there. I didn't know if that kind of fell under that umbrella or if it would trigger the capital murder. If I'm making sense here, burglary what? is under that. I had to pull it up. That's right. Burglary yeah. is one of those enumerated. There's enumerated felonies that that can fall into capital murder, and burglary is one. Robbery is one, which is the one yeah. that's most commonly used most of the time. Is robbery. Yeah, yeah. Like somebody robs a gas station, kills the clerk. Yeah, that's the best example. That's gonna be it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and the other thing I wanted to talk about was I I heard y'all talking about um whether or not hate crime or capital murder or whatever is a deterrent. And I know within gangs, there there is consideration for those kind of things. Really? Um, yeah, so a lot of them, like, the gang folks will talk about, well, that's capital, or they'll talk about, um, you know, when, when we talk about gang enhancements. Um, okay. That's part of the reason the gang bill has been fought so hard in, in um, the legislature multiple times, is because... You know, there are things that and, and, and gangs have now taken the language of the gang bill and they have worked the way they do things around that bill that has never been passed. But if it's ever passed, then they're already prepared to beat it. So kind of like mafia when, working around Rico. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. When you've got the organization of something like a gang or organized crime, you're going to have a little more consideration for that kind of stuff. But when you have just the guy that needs drug money or the guy that, you know, is desperate. No, yeah. it's clearly not going to be in his mind. So the gang is they they've got a copy of the proposed statue. So, oh uh, yeah, no, gangs are wow. so much more organized than most normal civilians <laughs> ever would figure out. Yeah. They uh, so they like and they they got street lawyers that are figuring out like okay, we'd do oh, this. Oh, no, not even it. street lawyers. They've got real lawyers. Oh, they got real lawyers helping yeah. them around the statue. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean it's it's a very organized situation. But do you think when somebody, you know, when somebody's going to commit a capital murder that they're thinking about the death penalty? I don't know, just having done one before. I don't think so. I just don't. Like you remember Hutto, the case I had years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody's yeah. that one. And I don't think he was thinking, you know, I could get the death penalty for this. Mm-mm. Like I think he was just like, hey, I'm out with this woman, I'm going to, you know, rob her, steal her car and then, you know, whatever happened happened. I just don't I don't think those guys are thinking about this. No, I don't I think it's Clearly, when you're in that state of mind, there may be a thought in the back of your mind that's like, I could go to jail for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, like, this is the end of my life as I know it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. And I'm sure I'm sure we could find one or two people out there that would say, like, absolutely. I was thinking, like, holy cow, this is a death penalty. Or there was a case in Wesson several years ago where a kid killed um, 
a pawn shop owner who was the father of the police chief. And when he went to court, the first thing he and and he was trying to get the sheriff to shoot him and all kinds of stuff. When he Mm -hmm. went to court, he asked the judge to give him the death penalty. Um, So in that case, I think that kid did it because of the death penalty, or at least that was the argument up front. Now, of course, he's doing all these appeals and he didn't mean it and all that kind of stuff. But kind of a. Prolonged suicide by cop. Yeah, I was going to say suicide by the justice system, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> For 20 years, because, I mean, that's about how long it takes to, to get you there most of the time. At I mean, least, yeah. Like, I mean, if you don't appeal it, if you just go in and say, I'm ready to die, mm-hmm. I mean, how quick can you get died? I, I, you know, I don't know. Um, I've never obviously appealed one. I've, I've prosecuted one, and uh, I don't know if they'll. I don't know if they let you do that. I'm not sure. Somebody that actually does that work would have to. I'd have to ask them. I don't know if you can just say, "I just want. I don't want to appeal." I guess you could say that. I mean, I just, I've never seen that happen. I know before, I did but, this, and I'm yeah. ready to pay the ultimate price. Well, yeah. the kid in Wesson. I mean, that was the way he was going to do it, and I don't remember all the legal wrangling anymore. But um, it was like he was dead set until. To be fair, his attorneys got to him. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of like you see, at least in some of the cases that I've covered, you see where the attorneys are the ones saying, hold up, let's don't do that. Yeah. You know, so it may be that there are people who have said, you know, just just let me go ahead and and do this. And they're like, no, 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 we're going to exhaust everything, you know, whatever. And they're going to be there because, I mean, like we just talked about Hutto. He that was he was committed in May of 2013. Right. I mean, that's almost 11 years ago now. And I don't know how far along he is in the process. I don't, I try not to follow it too much. Unless I run into one of his attorneys, that's handled it. But, right. um, but I'm sure he's another 10 years off from even, you know, getting it. That's usually what the time frame is like a minimum of 20 years. Most of the time. I yeah. think that's about right. Yeah. So. It's between 20 and 30. And yeah. for instance, Corey Godbolt down in Brookhaven, um, he's got four life sentences and four death sentences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, of course I'm, I'm waiting eagerly to attend that execution when the time comes mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> for, for lack of a more polite way to say it um well, and, you know, I, I know bubba bramlett was talking about this the other day with that girl in pearl that smashed her baby on the concrete mm-hmm. on, on the road and killed her he said look we, we could have gone for a death penalty but you know you spend you spend a lot of dollars and a lot of a lot of wasted time appealing it over 20 30 years he's like, i did one back in the 90s i think yeah. the guy's still on death row hasn't been put down yet yeah he's like it's it's becomes becomes a very expensive proposition for the state when you can get life without parole a little right. easier you can yeah. you tend to plead to that i guess yeah you can plead and you also save the cost of the trial yeah. itself mm-hmm. which is expensive too for the counties that's and why. the family having to rehash those terrible memories that's mm-hmm. why i don't expect y'all to agree with me publicly if you don't want to on this that's why I just assume a good guy with a gun find our uh, our Scott County killer and end this so the family doesn't have to rehash this. Be the easiest way. I mean, I wouldn't disagree with that point. But the uh, – yeah, I mean, because – right, they have to go through the whole process. Like Hines County, for instance, Hutto, that's almost 11 years ago, is the last death penalty, as far as I know, case that's gone to actual trial. I don't know that anyone – and that and before that, there was a case, I think his name was – Eric Flowers. Do you remember that phrase? I do. What was um, that? But he killed a child, if I remember. I think that's his name. Yeah, hold, I can't remember. Y'all him. hold that thought. We'll get it together during the break here. we got to take a break. This is the Clay Edwards Show. Got a special one for you this morning, guys. we got Therese April, DarkHorsePressNow.com. we got Sean Yurkron, former 10-year Hines County ADA Assistant District Attorney in the studio talking crime. Fun times. We'll be right back.
Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show here on WYAB. The soothe, the soothing sounds of the Clay Edwards Show. <laughs> I've never thought of this as soothing, but I like it. <laughs> Just after we got done talking about capital murder and the death penalty. Right. The soothing sounds. And nightmares uh, about um, killing people. <laughs> sound of the lethal injection. You know? <laughs> Good or times. the electric chair. There you go. I guess well, it is soothing at the, you know, once they put it in. You're, you're, it, have you ever watched an execution? I have not, no. I have, yeah. I want to. I don't know if you do. I do. Well, the, the right person. Do you have an ad read? Because this <laughs> is could, something we could get could into. Pick. Yes, and the right person, yes. Yes, okay, let me do my ad read real sure. quick. Sure. <laughs> the, 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 the business I'm about to pitch probably like, I wish you would have just punted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> punted. Uh, this is going to get a lot of downloads, so y'all will be glad you're in it. Lakeland yeah. Glass Intent. Lakeland Glass Intent. They have extended their year-end sale into the new year. That's right, guys. Ceramic coatings, 50 percent off uh get by swing by uh women you're listening right now want to know what to get your husband for a belated christmas gift maybe an early birthday present get him a gift certificate for a ceramic coating or ladies go get your car ceramic coated i mean we know we all know y'all don't like to wash cars anyway ceramic coating helps keep them cleaner longer um get by see lake and glass tent 50 percent off i can't say that loud enough hey window tent i don't have to sell you on the benefits of window tent 40% off on their ceramic window tent. That is the top of the line, best of the best. It's Expel ceramic window tent. Uh, Therese, help keep the heat out. Yep. Help keep the stalkers out. <laughs> That's right. There's they nothing, can't see who you are in traffic. There's nothing worse than riding than a fishbowl. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I want to pick my nose at a red light, dang it, I want to pick my nose. That's what I was about to point out. You Leave can me pick alone. your nose at the red light. <laughs> Living my best life. Uh, they've also got paint protection film for 30 percent off again they're the expel installer of the year that is the top of the line the creme de la creme the chick-fil-a of automotive uh, chemicals and window tint and all that stuff so you're welcome chick-fil-a i was trying to think of a good analogy i was gonna be like the cadillac of i'm like well really cadillacs aren't that good anymore right well uh, and I mean, you just paid like lakeland glass intent of a compliment and chick-fil-a so there you go you know i may have a better analogy they're the lakeland glass intent of window tint and ceramic coating there you go so uh, check them out, lakelandglassintent.com, or swing by. See them in person, man. Hey, don't forget, they do windshields also. I mean, that's kind of how this whole thing started, mm-hmm. was uh, windshields and window tents. Of course, they do that. But, man, get your vehicle wrapped, turn it into a big rolling logo, a big rolling billboard, I mean, and uh, get the paint protection film and or the ceramic coating or window tent. Right there, lakelandglassintent.com, located on Lakeland Drive and on Flowood Drive, right across from the River Oaks uh, emergency room there, kind of catty-cornered right next to the new Jackson Hart location, I believe. Anyway, check them out, 946-01-946-1000, where quality matters. Lakeland, Glass, and Tent, a day one sponsor of the Clay Edwards Show, who have been down since day one. So I just want to uh, wish Jason and the whole team over there a, a belated Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, for better or worse, this show would not exist without them. So if, if, if you appreciate, you know, uh, this show being a thing, thank Lake on Glass and Tent. If you don't, kick rocks. So, all right, <laughs> continuing. Yes. All right, back to uh, witnessing. witness. Uh, we're, we're going down a bunch of rabbit holes this morning. Guys, I got Therese Apel, darkhorsepressnow.com. Uh, probably, I don't, arguably at best or worse, however you want to say that, in the highest compliment form possible. <laughs> The, the the best crime reporter in the, in the in the history of the state of Mississippi, in my opinion. Oh, thank you. And uh, we got Sean Yerkeron, a guy who has uh, punished a lot of criminals <laughs> over his time as assistant district attorney in Hines County for ten years. And we're just kind of having a, a a good talk this morning about crime and murder and um, capital murder and 
mm-hmm. the death penalty and stuff of that nature. So uh, we're kind of freewheeling it this morning. We're going to get into the Scott County uh, sad, sad case out there in Scott County with Miss D. Edie, who got murdered over the weekend. And uh, in the next hour, we're going to get into 2024 predictions. I think that'll be kind of fun. So, yeah. All right. Uh, when we came back, we were talking about um, witnessing the, de- the death penalty being witnessing an execution. I guess that's yeah. the best way to say it. Uh, you said you've seen one. Yeah. And it, it's interesting because it was when I was it was what, 2012? No, 2011. I'm sorry. I was fairly new to the Clarion Ledger. And I before that, you know, I'd written a lot of crime in my life, but I'd never done that. And so the um, the perpetrator, the convict was a guy named Edwin Hart Turner. Um, and I was all, you know, gung ho. Wow, I'm going to see an execution. You know, um, reporters, we have to get the kind of brain. And I think, you know, I think Sean will understand this, too. And but we have to get the kind of brain where everything's an experience. You can't really attach emotions to it. So it's like, wow, I'm going to do this thing. A lot of people don't get to do. Um, so we go to Parchment. It's a long wait. You know, you're sitting there for a long time. Um, I had, of course, researched this guy and he was somebody that he always wore a white white bandana over his face um white guy and uh and it was because he had had a failed suicide attempt where he had put a shotgun under his chin and basically um disfigured himself but hadn't killed himself so already you've got the idea that this guy wasn't altogether stable he um he went on a i I believe it was a drug spree and he killed um i think two people and shot another um at different gas stations like yeah in mississippi trying to steal money i think over in the delta um so the thing is, when he robbed the gas stations, and we can talk about this a little bit with Sammy Patrick, too, he, he wore that same white bandana. He didn't make any effort to try and conceal his face. But you saw him and you saw a bandana over his face in the photos. So the person who doesn't know this guy thinks, oh, he was hiding his face. No, that was his face. Because, you know, since he had disfigured himself, he always did that. So this guy is out there. It was his trademark. Yeah, it was just what he looked like. Um, so when he came in, though, for the execution itself... Um, you know, here I am all ready to write this. I'm in the big leagues now and all that. And the first thing I notice, I wear Chuck Taylors a lot of the time. And I look and he's wearing these. And they're probably knockoff Chuck Taylors if they're in Parchment. But um, he's wearing Chuck Taylors. And I thought, huh. And then it's did it, like. Did it humanize him a little bit? It humanized him a lot to hmm. me. Like all of a sudden I was like, hey, because that's been my trademark since like junior high, you know. So now so you I, have something in common with Yeah. Thing. And it was yeah. like, wow. And then I looked at his face and I thought, gosh, can you imagine how hard it would be to live like that? And then, you know, I wonder if he got picked on in prison. And, and like the compassionate side of me, which is often my downfall, takes over. And it's like they asked him if he had anything to say and he didn't. And I realized that we're behind this glass and there's another room where people were. And we're all just here for the sport of watching this man die. Now, some of these people, they needed to see it for closure. I'm not taking that away from them. Um, But then he lays down and it's like you see them do the things that they do to get it all rolling. And there's this part where they go and they turn gray. And it's crazy because I've talked to other people who that that was a white guy. So you could see him turn gray. I talked to a, a veteran journalist who's seen several and he said, yeah, the black folks do, too. Like did, that, that did it linger with you. I'm still ta- I mean, obviously, I'm still moved talking about it. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember calling my dad, who was a prosecutor on the way home. He's a prosecutor in Ohio. And I said, Dad, I don't know how I feel. And he said, well, you shouldn't. And I said, how do you feel? You're the one that puts people here. And he said, well, I'm just grateful that even though Ohio is a, um, a capital punishment state, 
we rarely actually execute anybody. So I can do that and allow the system to take care of the rest. He said, but yeah, when you think about the fact that you actually just watched a man die at the hand of the government, he said, yeah, it's, it's a very hard thing to process. And, right. and Sean, I guess you can probably. I can 100% relate to that. I, you know, I was just thinking what your dad just said there. Yeah. I kind of, that's what I kind of said to myself back. I remember when they brought back the, excuse me, brought back the death verdict on Hutto and it just, it's chilling. It's a moment that just gets stuck in your head forever. Right. And, um, when the, you know, the judge extra time was Judge Gowan, who just passed away a week ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, he sentences them to death, and they set the execution date for like, I think it's like sixty days from then. You know, that's just the way they something like that. Yeah, it's very close in time, and you're like, oh, okay, sixty days. You know, you're thinking like old west, and, right? And, you know, it just comes across that way, and it's chilling. And do, it's do, just do you chilling. feel as a DA uh, or as prosecutor? Do you feel the obligation to be there when it happens? Do me no, I don't want to go. I'm going to pass on it. You know, I just was doing my job at the time as well. I'm just going to like kind of Teresa says. I know initially people are like, you know, I want the, I don't want the experience. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I've had enough experiences. I remember <laughs> when I when I was going to mine. Um, I remember saying to Jimmy Gates, who was you know had been to I think. Oh, I'm dozens sure. by that point. He he was the long a long long running court reporter at the Clarion mm-hmm. Ledger and very good at his job. Yeah, and I just said, hey Jimmy, I don't. I don't want to do this if you'd rather, you know, like I don't want to take this away from you. And I could see him, you know, he he has such a gentle smile and I could just kind of see him smile a little bit and say, no, I think I've seen enough. Your turn, young buck. Yeah. And after I saw the first one, I thought, do I ever want to do this again? You know, and I get why Jimmy would say I've seen enough. And I've talked to other journalists since then, like, yeah, you do it because it's your job past that first one. But we don't, you, we you don't, don't ever do want to now again. Anyway, right? Well, they've really pulled that back. I know we did one last year. What, uh, uh, execution? Execution, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. like follow through with them. We don't do too many anymore, right? It, it doesn't seem like they happen at the rate they used to, that's for sure. Yep. All right, let's take a break real quick. Come back. I've got Therese Apel. i got Sean Yerkron here in the studio talking about crime, the death penalty, and more. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back. I'm just along for the ride. I'm just enjoying listening to them talk. <laughs> I hope y'all are too. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show here live on 103.9 FM WYAB. This segment is going to be brought to you by our friends over at Reliable Rental Equipment. Guys, get the year started off right. Do a big DIY project. And when you get started, use Reliable Rental Equipment for your heavy equipment rental needs or your light equipment rental needs. They got everything from zero-term mowers to full-on bulldozers. They got it all. Skid steers, mini skid steers, tractors, tractor attachments, lifts, all of those lifts, scissor lifts, telehandlers, agro, agriculting. That's a articulating. I'm sorry. I can't read this morning. <laughs> agriculting. The vision's a little blurry, apparently. Articulating boom lifts, towable electric boom lifts, forklifts, ride on or stand on. They got generators. Here's some of the other stuff you may not be aware of. They got concrete buggies, stump grinders, uh, a trencher. A walk-behind concrete saw, a breaker hammer, and a zero-gal heater pressure water trailer. I don't know what that is, but if you need one, you probably know what it is. They also have Taylor lighting, outdoor lighting uh, solutions. So if you got to work in the dark, you don't have to work in the dark. You can have Taylor gas, uh, diesel-powered lighting. Of course, they got all your mini excavators, excavators, and dozers. They also have the Massimo side-by-sides. American-made, built right in Texas. This ain't none of that. A hardware store Chinese junk. This is the real deal, good stuff. 
Massimo side-by-sides, four-wheelers, and mini bikes. Get over there, see them right there on Meadowbrook Road in Fondren. That is Reliable Rental Equipment. You can check them out online, ReliableRentalEquipment.ms.com. ReliableRentalEquipmentMS.com. All right, we got Therese Abel, DarkHorsePressNow.com. We have Sean Yerkeron. Uh, no dot com. No dot com. In the studio. We need to get morning. him a dot com. Like, there's something going on here. He could do that. <laughs> Maybe he's gotten back into uh, into practicing law. I'm guessing there's a website at some point coming. Yeah, I'm working on it. You know, well, my dad is working on it. That's kind of his purview. That's he's going to start me. I don't. I'm not the. About the building websites. I mean, I built them before. I just uh, I, he's retired. So let me, let me, one bit of marketing advice: don't use your last name in your .dot com. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah, I know. It took me till I was like twenty three to be able to say it, and then I just start saying it differently. Yeah, and I was like, I was like messing with people too because I'll go to uh, some, you know, every time I'm checking out anywhere, somebody reads it and asks me, "Well, what is that?" You know, and I'm like, I'll just over the years, I'm like, it's Chinese. They're like, "Oh, well, you don't really look Chinese." I'm like, "I know, I know," you know, right. SeanDoesLaw.com Yeah, yeah, something like that But even then, I mean, you've got the same problem I have Which both of your names are spelled differently Uh And like people can't remember them Because that's how I know that somebody watched me on TV Or watches me online Is they they pronounce my name right If they pronounce it wrong It's because, and they know who I am It's because they followed my print career And now they read my stories (laughs) So it's like that's, and I answered all of it Because you know what, like at this point I can't correct everybody Hey, real, real quick, guys. Not, I'm not taking any calls today. I appreciate y'all calling. Uh, we got we got a house full in here, so we're gonna hold off on taking any calls. If you want to chime in, the Guns and Gear text line seven six nine two four one nineteen forty four seven six nine two four one nineteen forty four. Again, appreciate the calls, but we're going to pass on them for now. Anyway, um, let's jump back into uh, where were we? I'm not the host. I'm supposed to remember, but I think we're just generally talking about the death penalty, how chilling it was for mm-hmm. Therese seeing witness and execution. I was talking about when I heard them bring back a death verdict, and you know, I think we got one point in the conversation. We got into like how many times did like in Hines County have they done that, and even in the metro area um, that I remember in the last 20 years. And like I said, there was Hutto, and there was a guy named I think his name is Flowers. It may not have been. Um, I can I'll figure that out later. And then in the 90s, they did try a bunch of cases yeah. like. That went on. Uh, that was here. when. That was when the when the when the, everything changed. The nineties crime law, the drug, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. you started getting the three strikes rule, and you know they just got started getting really really hard on crime. And now, ironically, it seems like we've gotten very soft on crime. Yeah, and inevitably the pendulum always swings back one way or another. It does. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I think you're seeing that kind of where we went. It's kind of draconian the laws we passed in the nineties that were response to the crack epidemic in the nineteen eighties, and then. Which created obviously a overcrowding problem in prison. You know, we had a huge prison costs that we spent the last nearly thirty years now. Mississippi and, um, still has an overcrowding issue in prisons. We have yeah, way too many people. In it prison does. Here. It does. And uh, and then, but then also now we're having problems not just about here, but other parts of the country where they're they're under policing things, where mm-hmm. they're not prosecuting crimes, and they're not you know taking things seriously. Where that's an issue too. It's kind of like okay, now you're moving the pendulum too far. To left on crime, like we're just talking about, like reasonable stuff, like dope crimes, particularly and those sorts of things. But like some places, like okay, we well, can just go steal, and we're not going to do anything. Now that's a now that's an extreme. I think we need to avoid. But I also don't think we need to put somebody in jail for a hundred years for you know using marijuana or cocaine or whatever. The, the, the fact that the, the that the sentencing was different for powdered versus rock. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking the federal law it was. I mean, looking back in hindsight, you know, you're, you're just a 
you're you're just creating an opportunity for people to do drugs another way. Yeah, uh-huh. and again, you know, you're looking at are they considering that when they commit the crime? In that case, mm-hmm. probably so. Yeah, you know, I agree. Like, you, you decide which up. one you're going to carry by that law, but and you, you think know, that may <laughs> have something to do with the rise in methamphetamine? You know, like no, no, it's not cocaine. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's methamphetamine. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it's rock, it's crystal. It's you know, you shoot it, smoke it, snort it. Same array of uh, similar effects, but a different drug. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, and it's interesting to look at the reasons that you have that because you you know you have places like Detroit, or I mean, we can name several others, and and you could even argue that we've got it here, where you've got a George Soros DA, you know, mm-hmm. who's been told don't prosecute drug tri- crimes, or you you have other places where it's because they're so understaffed. We have that here too until Capitol Police came in. You know, it's like you've got all these different reasons that you you let those smaller crimes go to the side, but in the end, those are what lead to the bigger crimes, and we see that again in Sammy Patrick. You know, there is in some criminals, not all, there is an escalation process yeah they graduate yeah they they graduate to different things i mean you know it's um, i guess in jackson we're seeing that happening at an earlier age than we did before where they're they're we had a 14 year old killed us the first homicide of the year last night yeah Yeah. and you know i i I don't want to speculate too much but i'll say it would not surprise me if that 14 year old was was doing bad things to get himself in that situation. I'm guessing it wasn't a random act of violence. Well, and it, it goes back to, again, to the gang situation. Um, and we're talking white and black. We're talking across the board here. Yeah. But, you know, the, in that organization, it's also taught that, you know, okay, let the kids do the, the crime because they're not going to get as harsh a sentence. They're going to go to juvie. It could easily get, you know, locked up when they turn 18, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it, there was a shift at some point to where, you know, the, the older gang members allow generally allow the younger ones to do some of that kind of crime. Well, it's grooming. Um, yeah, and that, that's why we see sense. Yeah, that's why we see younger and younger criminals and younger and younger homicide victims, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I think it's cuz yeah, they um in my neighborhood in 2021, all those crimes prior to Capitol Police being, you know, in there in full force was all kids under 20 at least. Mm-hmm. And that one day there was a delivery driver that was for not DoorDash or something like that that was killed. And he was, I think he was killed by a bunch, like a 15-year-old. And then all the carjackings were all kids under, I think they were even under 17. Yeah. And it was just this whole It's no mistake. It ain't, it ain't mm-hmm. no just, it ain't no coincidence no. that under 18 are out committing these crimes. And have you all seen like Kenny Stokes talking about this? They're going to vote on the curfew again, which I think is a good idea. I yeah. haven't seen that, but yeah, as I've gotten older. See, okay, growing up in Jackson in the 90s. I remember that too. I know I didn't want it back then either. No, well, well <laughs> surely, I, I, you know, I didn't, but um, in hindsight- even what we were doing up and down McDowell Road, we needed a curfew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, look, I'm a freedom, liberty-loving, less government, you know. And, and here, and here's the flip side of that. If a kid is going to be out doing some of the things these kids are doing with their parental structures in their home, let's just be honest, curfew is the least of their concern. It's like saying we're going to take guns off the streets and that's going to keep bad guys from committing crimes. Right. Yeah. So it's probably going to be useless, but it will give cops an opportunity since you don't have stop and frisk anymore, to at least if they see some young guys, be able to stop them. What are y'all doing? You know, it creates an opportunity for an engagement yeah. that could, so they're not just uh, profiling. Right. So maybe that's the, the upside to that. Yeah, I mean, if you see a bunch of kids that are like 15 running around in a car at 2 in the morning, you can pull them over and say, what are you doing? You know, that's, and that's good for that. Um, Especially if it's a Kia or a Hyundai. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I mean, Wait, what are let's... they what are they doing out when I was out at that age? Not that we I don't remember we weren't robbing people, but we were not doing things we were supposed to be doing. I'll say that. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, and, and, um, and so, I mean, it's not, nothing good. You know, I remember having a school teacher back, and I'm sure you all have heard this back in those days, that nothing good when you're that age happens after 12 at night. Well, it doesn't really happen. Are you really, are you really the, an adult if you haven't told somebody younger than you that? Yeah, I mean, everybody's heard by that. 40, you know, by 40. Like, I mean, even when you're over 40, you know, nothing really good. You know, I just get drunker after midnight if I'm out. <laughs> That's the only thing that happens. That's not good. I can count on one hand how many times in the last year I stayed out past midnight. It's been rare. I, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, with an exception of the gallows, because but they close at midnight, so and it's a block from my house, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Know, but I mean, what, like on a Friday or Saturday night, we met with typically, actually, it's typically Friday night because I have to suffer the mostest on Saturday when I was having to get up and go to work. Oh, that's. Right. I was like, why do we not do this on Saturday nights? Why is it always Friday nights when we both have to go to work the next morning? <laughs> I was just thought about Fridays. It's the end of the week, and you got to uncork. You know? Yeah, right. It's, it's tough to like not because I try to do that. I try to like okay, my my goal is always all right. I'm not going to drink on Friday night, but I'll drink on Saturday night because I'd like to go to CrossFit at ten in the morning on Saturdays. So, but if I drink too much Friday night, that ain't happening. You know, yeah. it's yeah. not. You know, you got to like push yourself to stop. Um, all right, but. <laughs> uh, let's do this. Let's take an early break here. Come back. I want a little more time. I want to start on the Sammy Patrick DED stuff this hour. Sure. And we're going to roll it into the top of next hour. This is the Clay Over Show with Sean Yurkaran and Therese April. We'll be right back on 103.9 FM, WYAB. Welcome back into the Clay Edward Show. Well, we're live here with Sean Yurkaran and Therese April, darkhorsepressnow.com on the Clay Edward Show. Uh, let's jump into this real quick. So, and I want to I want to lay the groundwork for hour two, and we got multiple things we're going to get into in hour two. We're going to have to crunch in hour two. We're going to have to crunch. No <laughs> no rabbit holes in right. hour two. Uh, but that was interesting. I was not aware that the curfew was back on deck. So I yeah. I, I do like that. That is good. I do like that. Let me see here real quick. Um, uh, Derek um has texted in on the guns and gear text line. By the way, that number is seven six nine two four one. 1944 he uh the girl we had on yesterday had mentioned that sammy patrick did not have a criminal back she had read that he did not have a criminal background and of course immediately we found out he in fact had an extensive criminal background even so much so uh, i got your breaking news story your push notification as soon as i got off air Mm -hmm. about him evading mdoc yeah and whatnot let me read Derek's text here real quick um he goes hey i sent a text yesterday about the reporting on sam patrick the lady did was false. I'm done listening and interacting with the show. You never have to worry about me calling or listening ever again. Well, Derek, I, I apologize, man, if I didn't answer the phone and it's got you that bothered. Um, so I did not read that text before I started reading it. So again, uh, that's what we have to rest on this morning is to clear that up and uh, and kind of go from there. Well, and I can clear up why people were saying that as well, yeah. um, if we've got time, just to make yeah. it quick. When I talked to the sheriff, he said that this guy had never been on their radar for violent crime. In my story, I said, aside from, you know, the, the car theft, blah, 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 he had never been on their radar. Um, I had a, a, a reader that said, well, I thought he had never committed a crime. And I, I, I showed her where I'd clarified that at some point. And she said, no, I'm looking at this sentence. So I want to clarify, if you read my story and you didn't pay attention to the part where it said, aside from car theft yeah. and whatever, he'd never been on their radar for violent crime. The truth is, yes, he had been on their on all the law enforcement radar, but in Scott County, he was not terribly well known for crime because that's where he had not committed most of his crime. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I mean, also too, unless unless the, the, the particular individual cop has taken the time to pull a guy's criminal record and say, okay, well, he did this, this, and this. I mean, being having spent time in prison and being on being on law enforcement radar ain't the same thing. No. Mm-mm. 
You know what I mean? No, I mean, unless you're in a Plasencia. I see. Yeah, so, yeah right. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's well, like, and I said that in my Facebook Live yesterday. You can't just go through everybody in your community and run NCIC or their criminal res- yeah. record. So somebody who has family moves there, you're not thinking, okay, let's look him up, guys. You know, Right, right. All right, so, man, we got about a minute before we get into the same. So, guys, what we're going to do in the next hour, we're going to – we're gonna. St- I think we're gonna start at the beginning with with Miss Deedee, yeah, and 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 explain what happened to her, and explain if we know anything about how he got away, how he picked her. I think these are all very intriguing topics. I mean, the fact that he may live close to her was he stalking her? Uh, did he know that she was a widow and there wasn't going to be anybody there? What was his intent since he didn't since he didn't steal anything to the best of their knowledge? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing maybe uh, he saw a little old lady. Maybe she's got a uh, – he's on the run at this point. Maybe she's got a coffee uh, a coffee can full of cash somewhere, and that's what he was hoping for. I, I don't know. And then uh, the fact that the truck that he gets away in was stolen from her deceased husband's cousin. Yeah. I mean, that's just – and that's just small town stuff, you know, and just like right. luck of the draw, I guess. But uh, we're going to peel the onion back. We've got Therese April. We've got Sean Yerkron. And this is The Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back. Boom goes the dynamite. Welcome back into The Clay Edwards Show. It's hour number two here on 103.9 FM WYAB. This segment is going to be brought to you by my friends and yours out there at Guns and Gear. Guys, they are under a Attack by Facebook, by the Facebook oh, yeah. Nazis. We've had a couple of our ads censored and taken down. Our our Instagram is locked up right now for advertising for them. Yeah, I, and look, I, unfortunately, I've known that that is a possibility. I got in trouble for sharing a post of theirs last year or so. Uh, this is even before they were a sponsor, believe it or not. And it's not Guns and Gear in particular. It's gun stores. I talked to yeah. another guy, the guy that runs the Brandon 042 Facebook page. Um, I talked to him a while back, this was like last year, and he had mentioned that he shared a post for a gun store and got locked down for a week or 30 days or something yeah. last year. Just for sharing a post is already on Facebook. Right. Well, and, and I last- lost the whole original Save Jackson page mm-hmm. and my personal page of 10 years for sharing a post that was already on Facebook, and that post is still up today. Right. Right. Well, we had... Um- we had two of our guns and gear ads taken down last week, and we appealed them both. Yeah, and they uh, they both came back, so we actually had the same ad twice, you know, because of that. But the problem is, you know, then I went to Instagram yesterday to upload a video, and um, my Instagram won't let me do anything. It won't show me my posts, none of that, and it's because I've gotten tagged again. And and they don't when you appeal it, they are not as as eager as facebook to actually look at what it is that you're doing yeah look i'm gonna tell you one thing i do about instagram is it's knock on wood it is harder to get in trouble over there but it's clearly harder to get out of trouble over there it's harder to get Mm -hmm. out of trouble too it's more like i I got i got i got demonetized for a week Mm -hmm. Uh, and then in that week i finally had an instagram video or legit reel that i made for instagram (laughs) do over a million views right and it was all for not and you couldn't make any money off it yeah and like that same video would make 1500 bucks over on tiktok sure because i could have doubled well i don't know instagram doesn't pay as good as tiktok but neither here nor there 
I left some money on the table all over, uh, I don't even remember what it was. It was something very, very mild and mm-hmm. stupid. And I'd never been in, I'd never been in TikTok jail before. Like I've always been able to post on TikTok, but sure. they, they are strict on their monetization stuff. Oh yeah. Well, so that said, you guys support guns and gear. Like they, they've always been good to both of us mm-hmm. and they, they definitely are, are out there to do the right thing. You know, they've got good folks that work there and you know, their Facebook gets taken down because they share guns that they're selling, which is totally legal. If you actually look at their post, they've got a little disclaimer on there that says, you know, it's it's actually okay for us to do this by Facebook rules. Um, and they still get taken down. So y'all y'all go support them. Y'all get on their website and buy guns if you're looking to buy guns, you know. Yeah, gunsandgearms.com. They'll have their new e-commerce site up soon. But don't forget, hunting season's still in full swing. They got all the ammo and guns you need. Gunsmithing, gun cleaning, coating. they do it all. And keep in mind, they buy guns too without you having to go to a pawn shop or any of that stuff. Check out Guns and Gear mm-hmm. located right there, Highway 51 North in Gluckstadt at Yen. Del Road, go see Hunter and the team and help support a locally owned and operated gun operation. Right. And does anybody actually like those Facebook police? Now is when you can, like, you know, buck the police, go take care of guns and gear. Absolutely. All right. Let's start at the beginning. This past Saturday around 2 p.m., Scott County, Forest, Mississippi, to be exact, over off Old Jackson Road. A sweet little elderly lady's life got prematurely taken from her in a brutal attack. Miss D. Edie was, I guess we have to still say, allegedly. Yeah. I mean, she didn't allegedly die. Um, and he wasn't know, allegedly on camera. He yeah, was on camera. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, but I guess for legal purposes, we have to say allegedly, um, Sammy Patrick, at minimum, some other stuff is still pending, beat, shot, and burned alive or burned to death. Uh, Miss D. Edie, in uh, what appears on surface to just be a random act of violence, not a robbery. But I, I, I guess at the end of the day, I have a hard time imagining that robbery of some form was not the intent, unless it was, unless the intent was sexual assault. Right. But we don't know that yet. Well, and and so it looks like also one of the things that that I surmise from the facts that I know is that probably. He was ransacking the place when he either heard or saw the family member that got the alert on his um, phone about the camera. Yeah, tell people so, about that, too, because so, I don't know that people completely understand what we're saying. Okay, so what happened was, you know, she is on the phone. She hears her dog barking, says she's going to go check it out, um, hangs up the phone. Um, a few minutes later, another family member who has access to the alerts on her camera gets an alert figures out something's wrong, and goes over there. Um, During some of the crime that's being committed, um, Sammy Patrick is allegedly on that camera, um, but my understanding is that he saw the camera and he moved it. Um, So there is no sexual assault captured on the camera, which is one of the reasons that, in spite of it being reported early, um, I think there, and as I said yesterday on my Facebook Live, there could be evidence that points to a sexual assault, but there is no proof of a sexual assault until the the autopsy comes in. I mean, like I know it's easy to go to that you know, just in, in, on the hearsay side because I guess she was wearing a, a robe, and I don't know what she had on under or not. You know, mm-hmm. she got out of the shower, none of that stuff. But she was wearing her nightgown. Well, right? we don't know that. I said when you and I talked about that, I said if she was wearing a robe and it was gotcha. open, or you know, there there are different ways that the crime scene could look like an assault yeah. that may not have been an assault. So okay. that's why we're waiting on that. But 
anyway, um, so if he sees a, a family member coming in, then he runs. Or if the camera spooks him, because I don't know at what point he moved the camera. And that that's the thing. There's still vague enough details surrounding what actually happened at her house um, that fam- we don't, we don't know for sure. Dis- uh, a family member sadly discovered her right. and, and watched her take her last breath as he was patting out the fire, I guess. I don't know that part. Okay, I guess I've seen that in a text message from somebody, but take yeah. that. Uh, I guess it's hearsay for now. There are always rumors that swirl around things like this. And and yesterday I compared Sammy Patrick to um, Quentin Tellis in the Jessica Chambers case because he's a loner. Um, not because they both involved fire and all yeah. of a sudden everybody's like, yeah, it's the same. No, it's not necessarily. But the fact that they are both loners, therefore the street chatter is down. That is the same. That's what it reminds me of that case I had in um, my last year prosecuting was in the Yazoo Holmes district. Mm-hmm. And do you remember the two nuns that were killed? Absolutely. And I Robert had that, Sanders. Yes. I had that case uh, before um, I left before the resolution of it, but it was a similar situation to mm-hmm. this kind of that he was around and then he went into these two ladies house it was kind of a similar condition. Really, a similar. brutal crime scene too. That was oh my god! That yeah. was one of the one of the worst crimes I'd actually ever seen, and I've seen a bunch of them. But that was really, you know, especially they were nuns that had come there to help out the community, mm-hmm. and then this guy. I think he was a local guy, if I remember. He correctly. was local, yeah. He lived yeah. in a what a shed behind a house down the road, something like that. Yeah. And then he came there and he sexually assaulted them and murdered them, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was just a t- just a terrible case, but it's just kind of what I've been reading about. Just kind of reminds me of that yeah. situation. Well, and that's the thing. So you have these, and it's it's the reason that it's not even really a cliche when people say, "Well, he was kind of a loner; nobody really knew him." You know, mm-hmm. he kept to himself. Um, those guys are often the hardest ones to catch and convict yeah. because they don't have people that are, are telling on them. They don't have people that they're telling things to tell on them. Yeah, they're not know? talking. They're, right. I mean, that's why you get somebody because they're usually. All these guys always talk. They mm-hmm. just, that's what they do. They talk, and that's how they get caught. But you're right, when it's a loner person, you don't. Yeah. I mean, even with the Hutto thing, we, um, he had, he had, he was a loner that showed up in, sure. in Jet and Clinton. And then he had killed her, took her car, drove to Alabama, where he then killed another woman mm-hmm. in Birmingham. And then, um, it was, there was tag readers on the interstate that got the Mercedes that she had owned, you know. Sure. And, um, he had not talked to anybody the entire time. I mean, nobody knew who this guy was. And then right. kind of put it together, you know, his her car was in Birmingham. Then he went down to Auburn, Opelika, you know, Alabama, and attacked another guy. And that's where he was actually caught. On the way to an Auburn football game, he was caught. But, I mean, yeah, because he was a big Cam Newton fan. It was right, the there season. you go. <laughs> and uh, and he, then, he, you know, he never really... He never really confessed to the thing. He gave you know, hours of of statement to the police, mm-hmm. but it was never like a, a straight up "I did this." Right. And um, so, but because he was just a loner guy that showed up and randomly killed this person, so oh, kind like, of, like a good serial killer. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was gonna say. Good, that's why but, so many serial killers yeah. that mm-hmm. have these long, long lasting sprees or not mm-hmm. sprees, but you know, lists of of death is because they keep to themselves they hide what they do and they they live a whole different life on the outside like ted bunny the, the classic example 100 the way he yeah. was able to and if you read about that case i'm sure we all have because heck there's like eighteen thousand documentaries i was obsessed <laughs> with it in college yeah yes. i mean everybody's you know <laughs> i mean he went to i think he did, i think he did his first killings in the pacific northwest mm-hmm. and then he went to um utah and killed some people and then colorado is where he was caught there, but escaped from the jail in Aspen, yeah. and then stole a car, drove to Denver, flew from Denver to Florida, where you know that's when, of course, all the sorority house stuff sure. happened. But like, you think about that today, like, how could you like break out of jail and then get on an airplane and fly? Like, I don't think that could, you, you couldn't do, do any you of that. Do that. Uh-huh. That couldn't yeah. happen today. I mean, you might could break out of jail, but you couldn't do the rest of it. Well, yeah. I mean, 
you know, come, circling back to, to this incident, mm-hmm. the, the, he basically did. I mean, he does this well, he and av- just disappears into thin air. Yeah, and he avoided all the tag readers in that vehicle that they have him in in Woodville. Yeah. Um, and so he must Which have he been taken. he a week before. Right. And he must have been taking back roads or driving through little cities or, you know, things like, like places where they're not. Ta- but he was astute enough to know to do that. Mm-hmm. And then that's why, so I think when he went into the the subway, as we talked about, with no face covering, like he did nothing to hide who he was. Um, and if my, y'all don't know, he robbed a subway in Woodville. Sure, yeah. yeah. So from, from the home where he killed the, the elderly lady, he goes to Woodville somehow. <laughs> and um, he There's in, a couple of days in between here. So yeah, it was I'm, a day or two, yeah. So I'm guessing he you know, he probably pulled over and slept somewhere. Sure. Uh, and and that's the thing, allegedly. like people keep saying somebody must have helped him and, and, and sure they very well may have, you know, but he gets to Woodville, he allegedly robs the subway, he's on the security camera there, um, and he's very kind to the lady until he pulls the gun. Yeah. Um now the thing that, that occurs to me here is two things. Um he Put the gun on the cashier, asked for her her car, and she said no, and he didn't kill her. Um, so very, very it, at this point, he's in a nothing to lose mentality. Well, and that's what you assume until you and I were talking during the break about you having those those dreams of killing people and you feel really bad. Yeah. And like, do any of these people have any kind of um, you know feelings of guilt at the end? I, I wonder if he. After what you see in some criminals, and I think Sean can probably speak to this, is after that initial killing you have a couple of different ways people go sometimes it's like well i've already done it so i might as well do it again some that are like i don't want to do that again like that i don't you know and it makes you wonder what is actually going through his head because he could have killed that clerk and then he could have taken her car and then he could have gotten out of there he could have killed everybody in there he could have shot somebody he could have done any number of things but he was nice he robs them he gets back in the car he came in and he leaves i read something years ago back when i was doing this a lot was why so many um, defendants would confess, like why they would just tell the police everything. Right. And apparently, so I, got, I read some psychology books about it, and apparently there's something about the human condition where like if we've done something so bad yeah. that we have this need to tell somebody about it, to get it off, you know, get it off our chest. Mm-hmm. And explain, even like the worst things that we've done, like murders. And there would be so many times I'd have a murder case where the guy just, I mean, confess. I mean, I would say I want to go with over 50% of them. The guy would deathbed be. confessions and jailhouse mm-hmm. confessions and yeah. stuff like that. People just felt feel the need to say, "Hey, I did this. It was so bad." Now, like Teresa's saying, it ain't everybody who feels yeah, that no. way. No. But there's a really, I would say, over half of them really, really have that need to just say, "I did it." You know, yeah. So, so, so he gets away. Yeah. And, and, and here's the part of the investigation I find myself curious about: the guy, the family member, gets over there relatively quick mm-hmm. from when they sees the commotion on the camera. Does he call the cops in route or when he gets there? How big of a head start did Sammy have on a manhunt that he was able to get out? Because you know, my girlfriend don't live right around the corner from there, sure. so I'm kind of familiar with the area mm-hmm. and you know what it takes to kind of get back to the interstate. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm trying to map out how he would have got out of there. And uh, you know, it's just. It, it, I, it feels like a blunder somewhere. It feels like it feels like a ball got dropped really well, bad somewhere along the way it also depends too because you figure if that happened and you know so you think about a, a police pres a police process so you see something on your camera 
Maybe you call the police. Maybe you don't. I don't know the answer to that. But you get over there. You find this horrible scene. Oh, my God. What do I do? I call 911. You call 911. They get the initial officers out there who look at it and say, holy cow, get us some investigators. Well, Scott County, I don't know how many investigators they have. But, you know, you, you go through the processing of the initial scene in a town like or in, in a place like Scott County that's small. They don't deal with it. I mean, they only had they had one other instance of homicide this year, and it yeah. was a double homicide. I read that story there. Yeah, so y- you look at you look at that, and then think like, yeah, he's going to get a head start because also when you deal with these places that, by God's grace, are peaceful little places that don't have to deal with stuff like this very often. Yeah, they're not well versed in what do we do now? What do we do now? You know, in Jackson or in in any of these places that have higher crime rates, they're practiced. They've done this a thousand times. You know, they know who to call. They know what to do. They know where to put people, you know, seal off the borders, whatever. What are the troopers? There's a very heavy trooper presence down there, and they they should know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's accurate. Now, the other thing is I know that they have reached out to the U.S. Marshals, um, but – at this point, I haven't spoken to the marshals to make sure they're on it. I'm quite certain, you know, just knowing the marshals that they are. Yeah, no, I mean, they got Scott County locked down yeah. right now. I mean, you're not getting in or out without without them knowing you, you came in or out. And and Sheriff Lee said something to the effect of, you know, we're staying vigilant here because you never know when somebody's going to come back home. You know, that kind of thing, too. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. All right, let's take a break real quick. Come back. We got Sean Yurkron. We got... Therese April, darkhorsepressnow.com. Kind of having our own little true crime happy hour here on the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. We are live here on WYAB. This segment is brought to you by Watkins Construction and Roofing. Guys, get out there. Not get out there. Just go to the website, watkinsconstructioninc.com, and let them come out to you for a complimentary roof inspection. Whether you need a couple shingles replaced or the whole dang roof, Watkins Construction Roofing will work with you every step of the way. They'll be in constant communication. They'll work with your insurance company. They will get it all taken care of. I got one of their 992 five-star reviews from Google pulled up here. Uh, this was eight days ago from Shakira. It says, repairs needed weren't as extensive as we were told by another company, saving us thousands of dollars. Very professional got us taken care of in a timely manner. And that's why you call a pro out like Watkins Construction Roofing. They're not, they ain't going to make it or break it. They ain't paying, you know, the the dinner being on the table for those guys ain't dependent on one job or not. They're going to, they're going to do what they have to do, whether it's a small job or a big job, they're going to do it right. They're going to be, again, I can't tell you, you can go read these, these 900 plus five star reviews and every one of them, people talk about how, how communicative is that a word I'm looking for? Yes, that's a word. <laughs> communicative. How well they communicated throughout the process. They never had to wonder where they were at in the process because they stay in contact. And again, Michael Deere, the guy that owns Watkins Construction Roofing, will be able to write a book one day about the sales process and running a uh, inevitably was going to be a top 500 company. Uh, it already is in Mississippi. And uh, yeah, again, very, very, very good guys. They take care. Uh, customer service is top of the list. It's customer service, then everything else. Mm-hmm. And uh, so check them out online, WatkinsConstructionInc.com. Get your complimentary roof inspection today. All right, we got Therese Abel. We got Sean Yurkaron here in the studio with me. Therese has uh, been on top of this, on top of this DED, Sammy, uh, what's his last name? Patrick. Patrick, thank you. I keep wanting to say Perkins for some reason. <laughs> Probably a football player, a baseball player. I got right. stuck in my mind. Uh, Sammy Patrick 
um, homicide in Scott County. And we've just been kind of talking about how he could have got away. And I guess, you know, look, anything can happen. I don't, you know, I don't want to put myself in those people's shoes, a small town, anything can happen. But uh, I can speak from this perspective on this. Um, like I said, my girlfriend lives five miles away at the most, mm-hmm. right out there on a little highway. And, you know, you think about hearing that uh, she walked outside because she heard her dog barking, uh, different stuff. I mean, I don't know how we know all that yet, uh, but you just think about how – so I put myself in the perspective of my girlfriend lives over there. Then you think about this lady's about the same age as my mother. Um, I think we can all connect. Uh, heck, my grandmother's still alive and lives by herself mm-hmm. um, in her mid to late – in her late 80s. Uh, so we, we can all kind of have a connection here about how this – if this had been a family member and uh, or, or a friend or whatever – and it's very, very disturbing. I mean, these are one of those. This is evil. We got a great text in here from uh, Brad, and he said this, and I and I agree with him. Um, he said he doesn't mind killing. Just going back to our conversation about did he have a did he did he feel guilty? Mm-hmm. And he says this because he, he doesn't mind killing again. He set an elderly lady on fire and burned her to death. He's demon possessed. Well, we don't know if she was dead when she was set on fire or if she was alive at this point. But yes, that's I mean, point is taken there. Yeah. Um, one thing that I think, you know, you're talking about kind of like, did somebody drop the ball or, or could they have moved faster? Sean, I don't know about you, but I always see like people want a reason that something went wrong or that there wasn't an immediate correction um, when they're they're distraught or when they're grieving or the when law, they're law when they're scared. Yeah. yeah so, true. I mean, do, do you see that? Have you seen that in your career where people are saying, well, it should have gone different. And it's really just the fear that's speaking pretty much on every case. There was always something that the cops, you know, should have done this. I'm not saying that they should have done it. Just what the victims because they're in such like you're saying they're in such sure. bad you know, mental shape there. Um, there's always something that like here's what I always heard. We heard on the street that this <laughs> yeah. is what really happened, and the cops don't know about it. I, it I'll say 90% of the time, somebody made that statement. I still. Mm-hmm. You know, we heard on the street. Yeah. And I used to say, well, I get you know, it all the time, and I still to this day have to teach myself, don't believe that. <laughs> right. Don't, just because you hear it. The, norm, the normie in me wants to just jump all in. You right. Know? Yeah. Well, and that's why true crime is such a big deal to so many people is because they hear these things. During the Jessica Chambers case, I had to block 75 people on Twitter in one day because they were all angry that I wasn't acting on some of the rumors that were being made up and passed around by a website. And, you know, in in, in this iteration of time, I have a, a case where there's a family who they constantly are worried that someone has turned against their loved one that's involved in this legal process or, you know, they're angry at an attorney or they're angry at, you know, another law enforcement person. But it, it really is just the fear that something should have been done differently that would change things. Who's the guy down there in like Brookhaven, Crystal Springs that came up dead a few years ago? Uh, that came up dead? Yeah, and uh, it was somebody in your circle. Um, oh, uh, Alex Rosemond. Yes. Rose, thank you. Yeah. I couldn't remember his last name. Alex Rosemond. You know, I know you heard this like I did. There was mm-hmm. a lot of scuttlebutt, uh, without peeling this back too far, a lot of scuttlebutt that it could have been somebody from within his sure. circle. And yeah, people are messaging us. And I'm like, man, I'm not taking that to air because you ruin somebody's life. Yeah. Right. You know, when you start putting that kind of stuff out there. And I mean, clearly, whether that was true or not, they haven't been, there's been no arrest 
on that front. And I mean, we were led to believe that an arrest is imminent and it's going to shock the town when people find out who it was yeah, and stuff like that. And here we are two years later uh, and no arrest has shocked the town. Well, and that said, during that time, I actually was talking to law enforcement who said some of those very things. But as you know, when you're putting together a case, you may be an inch from getting this guy. Mm -hmm. You may have everything you want that tells you that it's this guy, but you need that one piece so that when you arrest him, you've got a case. And um, I'm not saying that's what happened because I don't know what happened. But, you know, sometimes you have that. But but in that case and in so many others, um, you have to keep in mind that... You know, people are going to talk and they're going to assume. And they're, one of the problems that you have so much is that people assume things. They put it out there, you know, oh, well. And, and even you can take something as small as my saying to you, what if she was wearing a robe and it was open? And you saying, well, she was wearing a robe. And that's just normal yeah. conversation that we just miscommunicated. So a lot of these cases, it's the reason that I get, and I'll say it, I get so mad at some of these folks that get on social media and they they do this true crime research where they read other people's stuff and then they make up their own stuff to go with it. I get angry because it's like, no, the whole reason that we make sure that we stick to what we know and not the rumor is because what we know is the truth. And you could get sued. You could, you know, make people mad enough to go hurt other people over this. You know, there are a lot of, of ramifications that come from we had some of these other things. We had conversation the other day about social media has really blown up in another sense since Sean stepped away from being an ADA. We're talking about, you know, now, you know, you talk about people getting so mad they go to get revenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Facebook dis- or so what to say social media disrespect killings yeah all the time oh yeah you know and, and if somebody goes and what runs your name through the mud in something as serious as a potential murder case or a rape case or something like that yeah i'm gonna be pretty damn mad about it if it happens to me and you know I, we, we may get physical yeah you know so i can understand if somebody else well doing and, the same thing and you have to think about it like this and i know that i i rile people up whenever i talk about this but years ago there was a, a black kid that was dropped off in a white neighborhood by an uber driver he had the wrong address no. and it made the news because the Cross homeowner Cross huh? Cross i think so yeah. homeowner comes out finds him holds him at gunpoint until the uber driver comes back and takes him to the right place well at the time i was working at the clarion ledger and all the comments that i got were basically like i would have shot him he shouldn't have been on my porch you know blah 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 and and i'm sitting there i'm like well you know guys you can't just shoot somebody that ends up on your porch because that was just some kid trying to go to his friend's house he took an uber it's you know like whatever and and the problem is if that is the instinctive reaction of someone to reading a news story about a kid on somebody's porch that got the wrong directions and then you you direct them wrong in some way that, you know, when you set up a podcast, you make yourself in some way or another to some people an authority. And because you say it and it got broadcast out there, it becomes a fact to some people. And you are endangering the truth, which to me is the most important thing besides people's lives. You're endangering the, the legal process. Part of the reason the Chambers case is still not closed is because of all the trash they had to sort through to get there. And, and there are a lot of cases like that now. Yeah, that is one of, the, uh, it's one of the things I picked up from having the privilege of having you on from the press standpoint, like a legitimate, legitimate press mm-hmm. standpoint over the years is, you know, you, you, I've kind of learned these things, you know, just by proxy of being around you and getting to learn how you handle things and not being afraid to ask questions about, okay, why do y'all do it like this? Why can't we say this name? Um, yada, 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 like on the recent deal with a, a certain trooper 
mm-hmm. who got into some uh, uh, sex scandal. You know, like, why wasn't her name released? Everybody knows it. And, uh, you know, you kind of explain how all that works. And, right. And just very interesting stuff. I think and the innocent till proven guilty thing was always very important in the courts, but it's even more important to me in the court of, of um, public opinion because people are so much more irresponsible in the court of public opinion. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we've moved on? I mean, I know professionally it doesn't feel like a lot of people have, but I, a lot of times in the press nowadays, because everything is so polarizing and political, that now it is guilty till proven innocent? I think it depends on who you are. Um, if you're talking about the, the legitimate press, and I don't say that to slight any independent press because that's what we are, but if you're talking about the mainstream the media. Yeah. Um, the machine. It, right, right. So I'll be honest. A cop is guilty until proven innocent in, in the mainstream until now. Um, I, I'm not going to get into the, the politics part sure. because I, I have my own thoughts on that, but – but, you know, and, and a lot of these criminals, all you've got to do are alleged criminals, if you want me to do that. But all you got to do is put their mama on there saying, no, he was a good boy. He would never do that. Future rocket or, scientists and engineers. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you know, you put all this pressure on the cops. They immediately are not doing their job because a grieving family member, quote, demands answers. You yeah. know, you see that headline all the time. Family of so-and-so killed at such-and-such demands answers. Uh, well, hold, so. the, hold that thought. We ran five minutes over there. This is the Clay Show. With Sean Yorkron and Therese April. When we come back, we may shift gears here a little bit, and uh, we're going to do 2024 predictions all over the place from Jackson. I like it. Let's do it. From Jackson to national to celebrity. I got all kinds of tricks up my sleeve here. I want to see what they got. We'll be right back on The Clay Edwards Show. Welcome back into The Clay Edwards Show. We're live here with Sean Yorkron and. Teresa April, DarkHorsePressNow.com. Hey, guys, don't forget Martin's Downtown. They're back here on the show to get the new year started. Get over there for all your live entertainment needs. They are the number one and the premier music venue in all of Mississippi, in my humble opinion. Without a doubt, the number one music venue here in central Mississippi. You like it live, you like it original. Even though I'm about to promote a cover band. They're more, more times than not, they are they they don't do quote unquote cover bands, you know, like they do at some other bars that play fifty different artists. So you know, but they, it's a tribute band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess there, there's a difference, you know, if, we, if you're splitting hairs here. They've got something really cool. I will never fight a crowd to see the Rolling Stones. I'm not going to go to New Orleans and see them at Jazz Fest or mm-hmm. or I, in in defense, I'm not going to fight a crowd that big to see anybody. Right. Um, but they've got the Rolling Stones, the, the International Rolling Stones tribute band, Satisfaction, coming. These guys were voted by Rolling Stone Magazine as one of the best uh, tribute bands in the world, uh, if you if Rolling Stone Magazine means anything to you. Um, so anyway, get, by, get your tickets now. They're going to be there February 15th. I think that would make a great Valentine's gift for somebody. Uh, heck, even my girlfriend, I didn't even know she liked the Rolling Stones, and she sent me a post about them playing in New Orleans at Jazz Fest, so maybe this is I saw them in Atlanta a couple years ago. It's really worth it. Yeah. It really is worth it. Yeah, hmm. so I, I know. I, I talk crap, but that's one of those bands. Like, I would me personally, I always like The Who more than The Stones. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is The Who's not going to tour America anymore. But if they do, that's top bucket list. I mean, as far as like bands that are still alive and playing. Yeah, because I mean, Keith Moon's and dead, been dead for a long time. I guess it's just, yeah. they're all, the rest of them are all alive though, The Who. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, there's still uh, Robert Daltrey and, uh, Pete Townsend, mm-hmm. they're still touring as the Who. Mm-hmm. Okay, so well, yeah, I'll give them that. But uh, the Stones, they don't have their original drummer either. 
That's right. He died. Yeah. That's right. He died so. a couple years ago. That's true. All right. Well, look, that's going to be an awesome show. They got live entertainment. It'll be like full-blown bands every Friday and Saturday night. They have acoustic stuff regularly and often. They got the best blue plate in Jackson. That's indisputable. Um, Sean, would you argue that? No. No argument whatsoever. I had no idea. <laughs> oh, I'm glad y'all told me. You did not know? I, I did mean, not like, know. It's the best blue plate. Mm-hmm. And uh, today's special is Wednesday. It's meatloaf. You get multiple sides. Uh, and again, the, the whole menu is always available. I always refer folks to the country fried steak. But look, don't listen to me. Try something different. I gained 20 pounds eating country fried steak at Martin's last month. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's literally half the plate. Uh, it it's so, good, it's so big, they actually had to put the sides in a cup. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So uh, get by there. Check out Martin's downtown today for lunch. Uh, check out their live entertainment listings at Martin's downtown, JXN. Dot com And don't forget, every Friday night is ribeye steak night. They have a steak special there, and it's uh, probably uh, the best bar in Jackson as well. That I can attest to. <laughs> so, you, will, you will find Sean at the bar on any random night. So if he says anything that makes you mad here, you can find him at Martin's at some point in time or another. Y'all, I've been promising I was going to meet people at Martin's for like 200 years, and you can ask Perrin Knight or anybody else, and I just never get out of my living room half the time. I guess, <laughs> I guess, per, I guess Perrin never thought he'd hear his name on my show. <laughs> he probably did it. <laughs> hey, he Karen. is at Martin's a lot, though. He is there too. Yeah, he he is. To him. Good yeah. Shout out to another guy that I used to be friends with that doesn't like me because of my political opinions. Uh, oh, I didn't realize I stepped in something. <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm joking. Oh, uh, not really. All right, let's jump into it. Predictions, yes. 2024. Um, I just made some random notes here last night. Look, I think uh, let's start something kind of national and off the beaten path a little bit. I believe that Britney Spears is going to commit suicide or die of a drug overdose here in the next year. Wow. Or, and, and at minimum, she moves her Instagram content to a OnlyFans and starts making some money with it. I mean, it's about time for that because I'm tired of seeing her panties everywhere. I know. <laughs> Spinning around in circles with panties on. Right. Like, I mean, she could literally not show an inch more skin and take that same content over – to OnlyFans at fifteen ninety nine a month or whatever price she right. deems. She could probably make it a lot more. And, she's and make one money that she's ever going to make playing concerts again. Because I don't think she's going to be able to put it together mentally no. to do another mm-hmm. tour. Mm-mm. Doesn't look like that. I mean, um, yeah. Maybe the conservatorship wasn't the worst idea. <laughs> Great example of, of uh, just like podcasters and people yep. with a, just because you have a platform doesn't mean you're a credible voice. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's a great example of people that needed to stay out of their biz- out of somebody else's business. Mm-hmm. And uh, Britney Spears, uh, I think people will go back and use this as a case study right. of why conservatorships can be a good thing. Because it was all that free Britney stuff a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Free Britney. Well, right. was that such a good idea? Oh, well, we had a couple of girls here locally that were a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do want to question them, like, hey, do you regret your uh, your all your free Britney stuff? Right. Well, and I think that's that's the whole problem I see, especially sitting. And, and I mean, I, y'all see this, too, but. You sit in the place where you know a lot of stuff, and a lot of it you can't report or you can't say because it's for different reasons. And then the whole world thinks they know because they read an article online. Mm-hmm. And so they decide what they think justice is, and it turns out that it's nowhere close. You know? All right. Um, so we're, we're running up on time here. Therese, you're, yes. the, uh, you're the guest today. Do you have a prediction for 2024? Oh, I don't think that far in advance. I'm going to let Sean go next. Okay. I got two national ones, and you and I discussed one of them. I think, um, I think the uh, one of the Trump trials is going to be a hung jury, maybe all of them. Yeah, I'm going to lean towards all of them, but that's my prediction. That, but they're not going to not going to be conviction. 
there's not going to be a not guilty, but they're going to be hung juries. Just and I was telling you on the phone the other day, having tried so many different cases over the years and dealing with you know twelve people on a jury, getting them to agree on something that's black and white is hard enough, you know. But something like this, it's so political. Somebody is going to say I'm not convicting him, or I'm not finding him not guilty. Somebody's going and to I, say and, that, and I believe right. that I believe mm-hmm. that the that the mainstream media and the people who want to see Trump guilty will take that as the equivalent as a, a not guilty is a guilty. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, a hung, mm-hmm. a not not guilty is what I'm trying to say. Right, right. Is is a guilty? Well, they, yeah. What they're going to do is they're going to try to like poll the jury. They're like, oh well, it was you know ten to two to convict or something like that. They'll mm-hmm. try to get that kind and of. They're going to say somebody was paid. Or yeah, you know, something. It's, it's there's going to be allegations of of impropriety, and there could be impropriety yeah. one on, way or the other. You and know? on the flip side, I will I will scream impropriety if he's found guilty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, uh, that's, it was that's, rigged. But I just think that you're not going to ever find 12 people to agree on this issue. I just I think it's I don't care. I know the I know you see in the you know the right media is always talking about well uh, the uh, January 6th trials in D.C. still in D.C. like we were and you know that's predominantly black. We were, and you and I were talking about this the other day. There are there are plenty of black folks that are Trump fans yeah. that they mm-hmm. feel like he's getting prosecuted or persecuted. And I just feel like you're not going to get 12 people to just say yep. Okay, he did it. That's just that's my prediction. All right. Any local predictions? You said you had, think, you said you had two national. What's your other well, national? Oh, uh, well, my other one is – oh, we, we saved that one, but I'll go with the local one. Um, I think uh, homicides are actually going to drop this year, and I'll give you my mm-hmm. reason for that. There, it's because of the expansion of the CCID. I think that's going to um, tack off – that's going to cause for a decreased homicide rate. And I still think that uh, Joseph Wade, you know – doing the performs JPD that he's doing is going to cause. Now this is not because choke way. I'm just saying this is because I think police is, I think we are a better place law enforcement wise in Jackson than we've been in, in 20 years. I I think that's what I think. I I think over the next 12 months, you're going to see the country in the the toughest time it's ever been in, in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see desperation go through the roof. I think you're going to see more and more people struggling to, put food on the table yep. and they're going to turn to crime to offset their lack of funza. And I think you can see homicides. I, mean, I know this is a big gap here, but I, I'm predicting between 150 and 200 hmm. for the year in Jackson in Jackson. Okay. I, I tend to go a little bit more with Sean in that, you know, the CCID, you've got Capitol police and we saw it go down a little bit this year mm-hmm. um, or this la- most recent 20, year, 20, uh, 2023. Yeah. yeah. Came um, down twenty one this year, right? Year over year. So I, I I side with that, but I also think that um, we're going to see an overturning of a lot of the power structure in Jackson and Hines County. Yeah, one of my predictions is hmm. somebody in the power structure goes to prison, or finally gets arrested, or gets convicted. I mean, indicted. Yeah. Excuse indicted. me, indicted. Yeah, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Indicted. I predict whether it's Chalkway, it's somebody uh, on the city council. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this garbage. Stuff, yeah, is going to come back to haunt them. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the mm-hmm. thing they should have let that let that sleeping dog lie. Right. Whether it's somebody on the city council uh, gets caught having taken uh, funds from one of the other companies, mm-hmm. or it's somebody in the mayor's office having taken funds from the obvious one. Um, I, I think that's going to come back to haunt them. And it's going to be it's going to be what finally finally gets them. Yep. Well, and I, I think that that. that the people, whether that be, you know, law enforcement or voters or somebody, at some point um, they get tired of seeing what goes on in the judicial system, in the Hines County courts, because right now it's ridiculous. Yep. You know, people are getting out on ridiculous bonds, and they always have, but I think people are getting fed up with it. Yep. All right. Let's take a break real quick. Come back, land the plane for the day on the Clay Edwards Show.
Welcome back into the Clay Edwards show. Guys, we don't have but about a minute left here, but what we're going to do is I want to continue to peel these predictions back a little bit. <clears throat> we're going to record an extra 10 minutes or so that'll be a podcast exclusive. So if you uh, go back and follow Clay Edwards' show, wherever you download podcasts, stream music, all that good stuff, uh, go to the end of the show. And um, I doubt I clip it out as a separate, but it will be at the tail end of today's podcast so it'd be something extra for you guys there please subscribe and all of that good stuff uh for those who have no interest in that therese thank you for coming in today absolutely make sure to follow therese at uh darkhorsepressnow.com what's your social handles uh dark horse press on facebook dark horse press on twitter um if you go to facebook there is another dark horse press look for our logo which is a horse inside a shield yep yeah and uh, what it, on instagram it's Got some height under lot scores. I think and it's stuff. the underscore dark horse underscore press yeah. on Instagram. Right, uh, and we have a TikTok too. Sean, what's your Twitter? It's uh, Aaron E R E N S T U R K. Aaron S Turk. That's all. Aaron S Turk yeah. on Twitter. Mine is at save J X N on everything. I will see you guys back here tomorrow. Tune into the podcast for more. All right, guys. Well, that was easy enough. Yeah. <laughs> Are we off air at this point? We're off the air. So, so this uh, let's is overtime with Clay Edwards then. Can right. tell, with, <laughs> this is a secret conversation nobody hears until it comes out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but just at the off chance, uh, there's a glitch. Let's not cuss. Okay. Right. Oh, yeah. um, so and it's very hard for Sean and I not to. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's, the, that's a tough thing. We just and have these blank stares cuss, at each other every now too. and then. With this, like, <laughs> oh, I wanted to say the F word. I know, right? I'm watching Hard Knocks right now with the Miami Dolphins, and all uh, Mike McDaniel does is cuss all, and he's super smart. So I'm like, see, super smart people can cuss all the time. I don't feel somebody's like, you got to be dumb if you're cussing all the time. No, it's but, not true. I've, yeah, never, bought, I've right. never bought into that theory. It doesn't mean know? anything about your character either. No, so. I mean, I use it in everything, and I just I love the way, and I like it endeared him to me by watching that. Let right? me ask y'all a question that. about this, okay? Because I had this pop up the other day. Uh, some friends of mine. Uh, buddy of mine, Jeff, is in from out of town. He lives out in like Northern California. Me, him, and uh, my old buddy Trig are sitting at a. We went to have lunch at Burgers and Blues, little downtown location, the little B three bar. We're sitting at the bar. We're not drinking. It's a. Uh, it's it's noon. We're actually just eating lunch. Um, a guy comes in and sits at the bar with his kid. Well, one of my buddies just cusses a lot when he talks. Yeah, you know. And, and I've had a. This guy didn't say anything, but I kind of felt uncomfortable for him because he's got his kid at the bar and we're having uh throwback conversations about our times in the bar business this that and the other so they get a little wild you know the f word gets thrown mm-hmm. around a good bit and you know he's just just being dudes just sitting at the bar cussing should should we restrain our mm-hmm. our language because this guy sat at the bar with his kid I almost got to fight it with somebody at, at on the border back in the day over this very thing and this is when you can still smoke inside they came in and they sat with their kid at the bar so they could smoke and then had the audacity to ask us not to cuss right (laughs) right now do we need to interrupt because i just got confirmation from bailey martin at dps and and wlbt just sent an alert that there is a cap uh, there's a bomb threat at the capitol uh and it is locked down right now oh i'm Um, seeing that too yeah let me let me read the statement that she sent me um just give me one second to pull it up here okay I'm trying to paste it into my website while we do this. The Mississippi Department of Public Safety was notified earlier this morning of suspicious activity in and around the Mississippi State Capitol. Anyone conducting business at the Capitol should confirm delays in regarding business hours for the 
update or visit legislature.ms.gov for updates. Standard emergency procedures are being followed and conducted. At this time, no further comment will be made and additional information will be provided when possible. Um, We had heard something about this this morning and we were told by a Capitol Police officer that, no, it's just probably about the inauguration. Um, but that I think it that was like our be. joking assumption. Yeah. That maybe a bomb threat. Yeah. <laughs> right. I actually spoke to one who said, no, that's about the inauguration. So we, we let it go. But um, anyway, so that that's what's going on. And I realize this isn't live. So it's not like we just broke anything. But, you know. but yeah, at least yeah. Uh, well, we're on record. It Dude, is nine oh two a.m. You heard right. it here first. Do we oh. have any predictions of who made the bomb threat? <laughs> yeah, I, 